0: Hey everybody, welcome back to The Fin Factor. I'm Paul. And I'm Aaron. So number 96, we're doing it live, baby.
1: 96, man, I can't believe we made it this far. That's Crazy, almost 400. Right?
0: <laughs> you can count. Hey, uh, <laughs> another amazing thing. We've got a few people waiting uh, for, for the comments there to go ahead and send in the things you'd like us to talk about. We'll talk about some other things first and we'll get to those. Uh, for those people that are waiting, though, I do encourage you, let's get that room a little bit more full. Why don't we see if uh, you can... If you saw it on a tweet, retweet it out to your friends. Uh, if you saw it on Facebook, share that as well. Let's get a few more people in here. Uh, get a good conversation going. Uh, I'm sure Nicholas Egan's sitting in there waiting, probably. But uh, <laughs> we'll see if we can get a, a good handful more. Aaron, how have you been, man? Good, man. It's been
1: uh, you know, it's been a while, but um, Christmas and New Year's went well with the family, so that was a nice little little break and. A nice return back to hockey, coming back right. You know, actually, they were New Year's Eve I think was their opening day for the Sharks, so that was nice to kind of read some real news instead of, you know, speculating what the what the team and what the league and everything is going to look like. So at least we're on track to have hockey back. And uh, was it the World Juniors going on right now? Is that the tournament that's going on? So there is some hockey. Um, it's exciting to see the clips because I'm not actually watching it. Unfortunately, I don't have an NHL channel yet i'm gonna be getting it very soon so uh yeah how about you how was your uh your
0: new years and your holiday break and things are going pretty well over here i've got uh we have a new addition to the family don't don't freak out it's a fish uh <laughs> the the fish is alive and well which is more than i can say for other fish that i've had um we, we the kids wanted uh, a pet and uh we sprung for the for the what's it called the beta i guess the beta fish so oh
1: beta those things like
0: fight don't they yeah, and I, I found that if I uh, show him a sunflower seed, he thinks it's another fish, and he he puffs up. It's uh, it's pretty funny. So I uh, uh-huh. try not to stress him out. So I only did it like once or twice. But uh, anyway, regardless, uh, from fish to sharks, here we are. Finally, some news to talk about. Uh, we got Bob Bugner saying that you uh, know we'll start off with the the defense here. I think that uh, both Eric Carlson and Brent Burns should be playing on the first power play unit, which is. Uh, pretty interesting last time they had them split up. And sometimes they would play them together. And we did like seeing that. I remember uh, talking about Burns in the OV office and having Eric Carlson feed him over there. So it looks like that might be the situation for this upcoming season. Again, it's just training camp right now. So uh, lots of things still in flux. But uh, kind of your your take on that. And then, of course, that leaves a, a door open on power play number two. So go ahead.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I think what Bob Bugner is going to do and kind of have to do this season is play his, his best players kind of put them together instead of spreading them out, spreading the love, if you will. So, um, I mean, you have Burns and Carlson on the power play. I think he had mentioned in one of his interviews that one of them's going to be kind of, kind of, I think they're going to be playing that spot where LeBanc was up on the boards or Joe Thornton. Um, and then the other one's going to be at the top and they're going to kind of cycle around and stuff. Um, so I think, um, the power play is obviously going to look a lot different with different, maybe not so much personnel, but, uh, a different feel a different different style than w- what we've seen which is great because i feel like the power play was was getting pretty stale um so and without pavelski in the lineup again obviously uh we don't have that tipping from the point from the burn shot so i think the strategy really needed to change
0: yeah 100 agree it's uh, interesting you said on the spot where LeBanc was i feel like the still probably going to be on that first power play unit but um, he was on the right boards, and Burns was setting up on the left board. So, uh, if you think maybe Burns at the top of the point, Eric Carlson kind of controlling the boards, that might be an interesting look too. But uh, like you said, Ryan Merkley getting a look right now as the uh, second power play quarterback, if you will. And I think we've actually got a, a clip on something from uh, Bob Buegner saying about uh, Ryan Merkley, and we'll we'll get to that maybe a little bit later on here. But um, I mean, this are I mean, it's a really good opportunity for for Ryan here. Uh, to step in and play with uh, with the big guys. Again, the whole taxi squad thing, we'll talk about that too. But basically going to give him a pretty long extended look at being able to play and uh, practice with the big club, not so much having to play or practice with the, the Barracuda. You know, he's going to have to play with the, uh, the big boys here. So he's going to learn a lot, and hopefully he does it fast. He put on some extra weight, they said. Um, Middleton had uh, described his play saying he looks like Klingberg out there in Dallas where he's walking the blue line and everything. So... Um, you know, he's made some big strides. It sounds like,
1: uh, yeah, I think, um, I think, oh man, I think my, my screen just went off. Um, I think, uh, sorry, I'm trying to do some troubleshooting here as as it were during the live, um, Merkley, what were we talking about? Merkley running the power play, the second power play. Um, uh, yeah, I just turned bright shades of red here. Okay. Uh, yeah, just changed. I can change it for you if you need to. <laughs> like, also, Mario, <laughs> I, Maro, right? Mario? It was, a, it was an interesting quote from from Bugner talking about Merkley on the second power play because, um, you know, here we thought he was probably going to start off in the AHL, but now it looks like he. Wait, you and I kind of talked about this offline. He's probably going to be at least on the taxi squad going forward because the AHL isn't even starting until February, so he's going to have some time with the big boys and at least learning the game and everything. Um, being on the second power play, though, I think it's also going to depend on who's going to make the opening night roster. Uh, it could be um, um, Shimmick might even be out. Like we don't know, which could mean another left-handed shot coming in. So Pashnuk maybe making it in there, um, but maybe uh, maybe Merkley makes it in, and that's Ferraro's partner for the, for the um, for the third pairing. But I have a feeling Ferraro is going to get bumped up, especially from what they've been saying.
0: Yeah, it looks like Ferraro is going to end up being the uh, top four uh, pairing there. So it looks like he's getting a shot with Brent Burns, which is awesome. So if Ferraro plays with Burns, uh, that leaves both five and six uh, D-man positions wide open. The seventh spot was the one that was uh, open beforehand, kind of six and seven. But if you know got a knee problem, he said, you know, I haven't done anything wrong. I've done all the right things. And I just started playing and, and skating around. I think it was in the Czech Republic. And, He's saying I, I didn't do anything wrong. and My to started bothering me, so you know some days I can be 100, and some days I can't. Um, it's kind of interesting to to hear somebody be so kind of like upfront about that. Usually you, oh yeah, no, everything's fine, and there's really a problem behind the scenes. So maybe he's just um, hasn't quite learned the the hockey hide uh, uh, the injury lingo quite yet. But uh, you know, it was kind of refreshing to hear him say, "Yeah, I have an issue." So, um, you know, Shimmick might not be on the opening night roster. We'll have to see how that goes. They might want him to kind of sit it out and make sure that his knees, you know, 100 um, percent, even though he's, he's had tons and tons of time off. If after all this time off, uh, he gets back on a pair of skates and it's still bothering him, that might not bode well for his career, which would be really unfortunate. But, um, you know, on the positive side of things, not for Shimmick necessarily, but for the Sharks, that does put Mario Ferraro in a position that he can get more than what, like 10 minutes a night or whatever it was he was getting. Um, playing alongside a guy like Brent Burns, you can learn a whole heck of a lot. So that really, now you take a look at the third pair. Well, now that's wide open for Ryan Merkley, right? I mean, who else would you put in there? There's the needs I can't pronounce his name. And then Middleton, Middleton was doing fine until he got injured last season too. So, um, Middleton could certainly uh, be a guy that they're looking at. That's almost a shoe in uh, if Shimmick's not there and he's a left shot as well, I believe. So, um, you know, there's a lot of things up in the air uh, for both the four core and the defense. But talking about defense now, yeah, it looks like that five-six position is kind of more or less wide open for the taking. It's just a matter of those guys showing the coaching staff that they're ready to do it. And uh, I think Ryan Merkley has kind of stated as much. He says, I, "I think I've done enough." And I don't know the word enough. I think he should have just left that one out in that quote. But I think hopefully the way that he said it, uh, it, it didn't mean like, you know, I I feel like I've done just enough. <laughs> to- we'll see but uh yeah definitely it'll be uh, interesting to see what, where they end up on the opening night roster
1: yeah i, I um i have a feeling that this first month is going to be still going to be like a rotating rotating thing uh, especially with injuries if Shimmick is still really not 100% um that's going to be uh that's going to be something i mean yeah i think i almost think he slipped today when he said that cuz he wasn't really asked directly about it but he just kind of was brutally honest was like oh wow i that's that's not looking good to start the season. Now we're gonna have to. Now now we understand why. Um, not so much. Uh, not so much. Um, oh my gosh, I'm blanking on names here. <laughs> I'm so distracted right now. Uh, not not so much how well uh, Mario Ferraro was doing, but um, some other players. I think, especially with the Merkley uh, Merkley one. So, yeah, the defense, I think, is going to be a rotating rotating group, especially with the Simic injury news that we just got today.
0: So I know we've got a couple of clips. Did you want to jump into those right now? Because they're talking about the players we just talked about.
1: Uh, sure, yeah.
0: Let's, let's roll those. Uh, this is uh, Bob mm-hmm. yeah. and Merkley, I believe. And then uh, after that, we'll have him talking about Mario Ferraro as well. So go ahead and uh, play those clips. Speaking of uh, another defenseman, how did uh, Ryan Merkley look today in game action? Uh, Did that extra weight that he or mass he added over the uh, offseason help?
2: Yeah, I thought look, I thought Ryan looked pretty good. I think that uh, we did a uh, um, a twenty minute stop period, and then after the first period, we would put one team on the power play for six minutes, the other team killing. Then we did the same thing after the second period, where we had uh, uh, you know a special teams game, and you could tell obviously when he gets on the power play, um, you know what what his what his strengths are, and uh, so he can run a, a power play. And I think if we're going to have Burns and, and Carlson on the first unit. We're going to need to find someone to complement that second unit at the top. And, and that's where Merck's his tools take over and, uh, um, you know, and, and keeps him in the conversation anyways, for the most part, for the next little while.
0: So that they're uh, talking about Ryan Merkley. So uh, kind of the things we just kind of talked about, actually. But uh, So we'll go ahead and just roll for uh, Mario Ferraro, the clip that Bob Boomer was talking to him about that.
1: Hey, Bob, um, I wanted to ask you a little bit about Mario Ferraro. Obviously, you know, when he came to camp last year, the, there was, there was, you know, not much expectation there that he'd make the team, but how do you see him coming into camp this year and, and, and what kind of steps can he make in his second year?
2: I think, uh, I can tell you already in, after day three, I think he looks, uh, a heck of a lot more confident now than he did last year at this time. And, uh. Um, that comes with you know some experience, and I think he's had a good summer. He came in amazing shape, and uh, you know I would say on, on today's game we had, he was the best defenseman on the ice. Um, so there's major strides in his uh, you know his his uh, maturity, and I think his confidence. And you know I wouldn't be surprised you know opening night puck drop that he's not sitting in our top four um, if he you know he keeps progressing in camp like he's like he is. And I just saw a
0: comment. Somebody saying uh, we still have Trevor Carrick too. That that's correct. Uh, but I think Carrick was more of a, a call-up out of necessity than anything else. Um, so I'm not sure. We'll we'll see if uh, if he's kind of in the mix too. I know he's in, in camp and everything. And again, that taxi squad holds you know up to six players. So maybe he'll be part of that as well. But um, I think more of the front runners are going to be. Uh, hopefully, Mark Lee's kind of in that front runner position. So uh, get him a year of NHL experience before Burns get taken in the uh, in the Seattle draft. <laughs> um, so that would be that'd be exceptional. So yeah, uh, I, but you're absolutely right. There are a number of other. Uh, prospect defenseman that we have or AHL defenseman that maybe you're ready to take that step into being that 6th, 7th defenseman. So yes, Trevor Carrick. An oversight by us. Caught by you. I think blue, that was Nicholas Egan, of course. Uh, so uh, there you go on that one. Uh, Aaron, anything else you wanted to say about uh, defense or are you good to go?
1: Um, I think I think just this this year, the whole system is going to be a lot different. So I think we're going to see a better defensive unit specifically as like the whole team. Not so much the defenders, but Um, they're going to be moving things differently. And I think because we have such offensive talent with Burns and Carlson and maybe even Merkley, um, they're going to be able to possess the puck and enter the zone. And I think they're trying to tailor from what it sounds like, they're trying to tailor the offense around it because they were talking about how the, they want their defensemen to cycle in to the offensive zone. So I'm imagining um, not so much a dump and chase, but if they can possess, especially Carlson and Merkley, they can possess and, and, skate around some people it really throws off the defense on the other team um as long as the sharks have one of their forwards cover the defenseman when they go down low it's going to be a total um i mean paul you know from playing like just communication from the other team of having to pick up the defenseman coming in because that's usually the winger that's covering the defenseman and if they're going down low behind the goal the the wingers i mean like am i supposed to follow them do i do i stay at the point with now the forward they have to switch off so I think they're trying to create chaos and and open up some seams there. It's just going to be a completely different look to the Sharks. Um, But it also speaks to the personnel that they have on defense and the ability to do all that. So I think uh, that's going to be, I think that's going to bode well for the Sharks. And I've been reading so much about, about not so much like Sharks fans, but just other outlets about how the Sharks are going to be doom and gloom and terrible. And they haven't added anybody in from the free agency list and, Nobody of note, and they've lost, you know, a couple of people. But, I, I mean, you don't take into account that the strides and steps that your young guys have taken. Now, I'm not saying there's going to be a bunch of all-star players all of a sudden on the Sharks, but those young players that got some experience last year, especially the ones and they got to see what it was like when you're on a losing team and a bad team, um, they're going to come out more motivated than before, and they learn from their mistakes. So, it, they're going to be better. Um, so, I'm, I'm still confident that this team is going to be – that third or fourth spot in in to make the playoffs um, out of that division of the teams that they put together. So, um, I mean, I'm more of an optimist anyway. I'm not so sort of doom and gloom on the Sharks. So, I think uh, they can string together some wins here, and and I think they're going to surprise some teams with their their new defensive look. And uh, if they get off to a hot start, I think uh, I think they're going to have a good chance here. So I kind of yeah. went off topic there, but
0: <laughs> I just went off a tangent. Did a Paul. I mean, I think they they've got a good shot at uh, at least competing for that wild card position at least. So, um, you know, again, I think Martin Jones and, and we'll talk about actually, we'll talk about that later on, but let's, I want to get to the goaltending, the goaltending's is after four hours, but we'll, we'll, uh, we'll get there in a second. I wanted to just bring it up real quick. Uh, we already got the shoe thrown at Anthony Sanchez. So, um, cause I mentioned Burns <laughs> earlier, right. I guess the wife found the shoes and reloaded. So uh, oh, sorry about that, Anthony. Uh, hopefully that bump heals. Um, the one thing I was did want to say, though, was, uh, yeah, there <laughs> Thanks. The shoe has been thrown. Uh, was with uh, Shimmick. If Shimmick was healthy and Ferraro was getting the look with Burns, gosh, that would have been nice for Merkley to have uh, Radim Shimmick, a guy who's kind of that stalwart on defense, to, to pair up with. That would have been a really good situation for him to come into uh, being able to play in the NHL alongside a guy like Shimmick. Uh, no disrespect to Middleton, but I think Shimmick would have been a much better uh, partner in terms of keeping keeping the play safe when Merkley does something a little too fantastic and it doesn't go right and it comes back the other way. So um, that was just something, an observation that that I had when, when I noticed that Ferraro got called up. Before we noticed that, it was Shimick's knee issue that probably caused him to get moved up to uh, play alongside uh, Brent Burns. Uh, I, think, I, was I think that would have been a really nice pairing.
1: Yeah, I think it's a double thing. I think partially the injury, but partially because he's been standout at camp too. So I think he's earned it. It's not like they just threw him at there because they needed a body. I think he earned that position and he probably earned it because Shimmick wasn't playing as well because he's hurt. So it's not that Shimmick is even sitting out. He's still playing. He's just not feeling a hundred percent. So, I mean, that could build to where he's still in the lineup, but maybe now Shimmick is on that third pairing and getting less minutes just to keep his knee from exploding again. And um assuming that he would be able to play through it and doesn't have to have another, another surgery to repair anything. Uh, I, I really hope it doesn't come down to that, but knee injuries, as as you all know, I tore my ACL. I mean, they are brutal and they're not easy to come back from. Um, the, it's, I mean, it speaks to Joe Thornton, you know, part, sorry that he's not here anymore, but uh, double knee surgery at his age, at his advanced age, which is about where I'm at right now. Uh, it's amazing that he came back and was able to play um, and still be effective in the league. So, Um, Not everyone can do that. And you can see that like Shimmick. I mean, he's still very young. He still has plenty of time, but maybe another six months off is going to do him well. So I hope not. Um, But yeah, let's move to the four group. Let's let's talk about those lines uh, because even that today moved up a little bit, didn't it? Or
0: changed around. I mean, yeah, I did just a bit, and uh, we actually are sponsoring this, uh, this segment here, the forward group uh, segment sponsored by this hat. Please go ahead and check out the Uh Check out the store. We've got some shirts and hats and stickers and stuff for you guys. Okay, that's all I'm going to say. Uh, but, yes, you're absolutely right. The uh, forwards, we had a little bit of movement in the forward court. Now, that top line of, I think it was Meyer, Couture, LeBanc, I think was what they had. Uh, I saw that during uh, one of the video clips that they had of them skating around during uh, the practice and whatnot. So, uh, those three were definitely together. And then you've got uh hurdle centering. Who was a cane. And then it was Ryan Donato. Ryan Donato was there for, I think the first day or two. And then after that, it turned out that uh, John Leonard got moved up from the line with, and he was centered with uh Handmark and, or no Gambrell. Sorry. was, it was three C alongside Marlowe and uh, Donato got moved to that line. I believe Leonard got moved up to that second line. Now, again, this is just training camp so a lot of this is just kind of mixing guys around seeing what works seeing what doesn't you do have to earn that spot though so John Leonard must have done something uh to to warrant the call up um the call up we're talking about training camp we're talking about practice uh so yeah no I mean he must have done something real well so um that's an interesting thing that's uh, that's happening there I would love to see John Leonard and what he's capable of. I wish I could go to the practices still, but obviously that's not possible right now. Uh, I would love to see it, you know, for myself, but all I get now are just little clips here and there. So I'm just going <laughs> to have to assume that he did something phenomenal. <laughs> so we'll see, but yes. Uh, so John Leonard was playing on that, uh, that second line alongside uh, hurdle and Kane. So I know mean, your I thoughts love. on that, man.
1: I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if this is what we see during the season. I also think that this is why, um, I mean, they want, they're challenging Donato. Because right now he hasn't shown that he's been able to play on the second line in the NHL. Um, And you need to, and we've said about this before, the difference between good players and great players, because most players have the skill to play on practically any line. Most of these players, even like the fourth line grinder guys, were usually the star players on their team growing up. So it's not like they don't have any skill. They do, they just aren't the cream of the crop here that are playing the first and second lines. Now, the difference between playing on the first and second line versus the third and fourth line is consistency. If Ryan Donato can show that he consistently be a second liner, he's going to stick on that second line. If he's, you know, if they're going to show, it's a lot of detail, and it's always, it's not always offense either. It's a bunch of other little things on defense and tracking back. So um, maybe he wasn't playing as well, or maybe not so much that he was playing poorly, but John Leonard was earning his promotion up. So it's less about who got put down and who's getting called up. Um, I feel like that's a, this situation. And again, it's day three of training camp. So it's a little too early to, we're not going to, we're not going to know the lines until probably the day before or two days before. Um, and the coach has to try things out. You know, you got to figure out chemistry with these players. Donato hasn't played with any of these guys. So he's just as new as a lender playing with these guys. Um, so you kind of have to mix and match them. Now I think that top line, those guys are probably going to be set unless the only one I could see is LeBanc getting bounced around if he's not playing well. But I think he's, uh, not not that he's earned his spot, but I think he's working his tail off so he can stay there, and he knows it. So, um, Bob Bob talks about this all the time: having competition, and competition is good because if you have some, if you're always staring behind your back and you got somebody who's ready to jump in and you're not gonna be able to perform, they're going to go right in there, which is also good for depth for uh, uh, if there's injuries because there's always going to be injuries. So um, I think in this case for Leonard, it was that he was playing better. And again, not that Donato was playing poorly, but it's rewarding the players that are playing well. And that's that's the kind of tone you want to set with these young guys is, is, hey, you perform well and you consistently play well, you're going to earn your spot in the lineup. We're not going to give it to somebody who's a veteran just because they're a veteran. You're going to earn it uh, by your play, which is good because that's the incentive to play well and really be on top of your game. Whereas if it was the other way around, like, oh, no matter how hard you try, how well you're playing, the coach is still going to put you on the fourth line. There's just not – the incentive isn't there, you know, there's no bonus. So, um, again, third day. I wouldn't read too much into it, but I've heard nothing but good things about John Leonard. Pure goal scorer, uh, to me, from what I'm reading, sounds similar to Joe Pavelski. Not that he's going to be Joe Pavelski, but a similar type player where kind of – Late bloomer because he was drafted later. He played in the in the college program and um, didn't jump over right away. But uh, I feel like it could be one of those players that just seems to always be scoring goals no matter where you put him or what he's doing and what situation. He just has to be there. So um, I'm kind of excited about him to see where he's going to end up.
0: Nice. Um, I want to address a couple things in the chat. One, Anthony Sanchez, will the Sharks sign Hoffman? Uh, tell your wife to grab that shoe and throw it at you again. That's not happening, buddy. No. Uh, and then right above that, actually, Jack Frost, will the Sharks sign Jonathan Dolan? Aaron, what's the latest on – I don't know about the latest, but what was the last we heard about uh, with, with Jonathan Dolan? I know he was um, – you know, he was playing the AHL for a bit there. Then he kind of got sent overseas and whatnot, and he's been playing well over there. But it seems like they're just – they want him to develop just a little bit more, I guess.
1: It's a weird situation. I think it's, it's going both ways. I think he wants to go there. He wants to play there. Um, It's from what I read. It sounds like he had a really bad experience in Vancouver's AHL team. Um, The coaching staff, they did something where he did not like it. And it was, I I don't know exactly what it had to do with, because there hasn't been many details, but it sounds like the coaching staff there doesn't have their stuff together to put it nicely. Um, and that kind of, uh, ruined his development for a little bit. And I, I don't think he demanded a trade, but I think he probably asked like, Hey, get me out of here. Like I want to, I want to get out and they, and luckily the sharks are able to land him. Um, so I think that's part of it. Uh, he did go back to playing, uh, is it Sweden? Right. Probably. <laughs> probably I'm probably screwing that up. Um, but I thought it was odd that he's in the second division. He's not in the top league there. He's in the second division, so it's like the minor league there. Um, but he's dominating. He's, I, I. It's almost like he's not going back to juniors, but he's he's playing at a level that he should be at a higher level to kind of challenge himself more, and he's not. Um, he probably has some affiliation with that with that team. Um, I know he's he is Swedish. He's yes, Wolf Wolf Dahlin was his dad, so it's got to be it's got to be Swedish, right? <laughs> or Finnish, Swedish. I think he's no, Swedish? He's
0: definitely playing Sweden. Uh, Jumbo Polini says he still wants to play with children. You know, I almost kind of get that feeling like he wants to be the top dog, but you're not gonna you're not gonna grow as a player if you're the top dog in the league. You want to be the guy who's middle of the pack, so that's that's where you you learn to grow is when you're being challenged. And if you're the best player in the league, you're not being challenged. So yeah, I'm just, just kind of looking over.
1: Like he's kind of smaller too, so he gets knocked around off the puck, and he needs to bulk up in order to play in the NHL and to not get hurt. Cause you're gonna get
0: hit no matter what. You're gonna learn to do that by playing against guys that are bigger than you. you're not gonna learn to do that by dominating the children as as a uh, jumping I mean, there That was
1: in. kind of the knock on Merkley was that he was too tiny to play defense and he bulked up. I think he added 10 or 12 pounds or something since last year, which is a lot um, considering he went from what 170 to 180 or something like that. So he's got some bulk to him and same with uh, who's the other one um, the other defenseman the one who was hurt all the time last year, Lincoln Middleton. Jacob Milton added added some bulk to himself. So he's now like the big boy. He's six foot three. He's already big, but he added another 10, 15 pounds and, and also worked on his skating so he wouldn't get slower. Not that he's fast, but he didn't lose speed, which is good. When you're adding that much weight, that's not easy to do.
0: It seems uh, like all these guys are making uh, improvements to their game. Uh, the 3C in camp right now is Dylan Gambrell. And, you know, I was I liked Gambrell during the draft. And then the year or two after that, I was kind of like, okay, is this guy going to do anything? Uh, it seems like uh, he one of the knocks on him was he keeps getting bumped off the puck. Well, it sounds like that's one of the things he was working on because it says he was uh, stronger on the puck at camp. Uh, he's not bumped off the puck quite as easily as before. That was one of the things they asked him to work on, be stronger yeah, on your
1: skates. Like- Going back to what I said, everyone's like, oh, it's the same team as last year. These guys improved. They got bigger. They got faster. They got, well, maybe not faster, but they got stronger. So they're improving. They went back, and they had homework to do over the summer and the long break, and they did it, and they're coming back, and they're going to be better players. Again, I'm not saying they're going to be all-stars and we're going to outscore everybody all of a sudden, but we are definitely going to be improved from last season. Um, And a lot of these guys are are still very, very young and still coming into their bodies for, for a little bit, like, if you're able to add 10 pounds of muscle, that's a lot. Like you can't do that at 30 years old. So when you're <laughs> this young and you're able to grow into your body and get to your potential weight, you know, your weight and height, that that's it's going to take a while for your body to kind of catch up and your mind to play. Um so it it's I'm I'm more optimistic about this season, I I should say, I guess than most. I don't know. One of the cl-
0: I'm not Sorry. saying they're
1: a Stanley Cup contender either. Like I'm not. I don't. Don't get me wrong. I'm not like. But I don't think they're going to be in the bottom five again. Yeah.
0: Well, one other comment I wanted to bring out too was Jacob Lyons here saying and healthier. A hundred percent. Yes, I think that with all this time off, uh, apart from Shimmick, obviously, because right. it sounds like he's maybe not uh, doing so so hot right now. But um, yeah, everybody's coming back out there, and I know that the knock was. Yeah, Kachur was out, Hurdle was out, but that was—they were already a bad team. But yes, but they still played a, a significant amount of games, and those games could have been potentially closer or wins, and we wouldn't have looked nearly as bad. We still would have looked pretty bad, but we maybe not looked as bad. So um, that I still count that uh, in terms of us being a bad team and, and contributing to it—that uh, you know your your top two centers basically were were gone uh, for a portion of the year. Um, one other thing I want to bring up is not a spring chicken himself, uh, Handmark, and I probably saying that wrong, but uh, Handmark, 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 he's likely the uh, the four C in in my mind and in Kevin Kerr's mind. And Kevin had said, you know, this guy's a 27 year old that you signed. Uh, he's his, his rookie season. You wouldn't sign this guy unless you thought he could play in the NHL, which is fair. Mm-hmm. Um, so it sounds like if Gambrella's sitting on the three C, that Handmark is not a lock, but he's probably the front runner for the 4C uh, position. It's, it's interesting, though, because you did hear Bugner saying, you know, Noah Gregor has put in uh, the work, and he's got some speed and some size and some strength now, uh, more so than he did last season. Then you've also got guys like Joel Shulman, who impressed last season, Auntie Suomela, who I think has a little bit of ways to go uh, to impress anybody uh, at this point. But, you know, he's a guy that's in the mix. And like you said, he's had a long time in the offseason here. If he's done his homework, he's done his training he could come back and become the player that they thought he was going to be, you know, a season ago or two seasons ago, whatever it was. And, um, you know, who knows? There's, There's a lot of competition down there in that 4C position. Now, this is something that Doug Wilson had said. Maybe he didn't do right last season was I didn't have competition for these spots. And so the coaching staff was essentially just throwing guys in from the AHL who maybe weren't ready for that. At least now it seems like you've got some of these positions solidified and the positions that are up in flux, you've got a handful of guys that are going to be vying for those positions and, and uh, you know, really battling it out for those positions. I can't remember his name, uh, Gabe, Gabe, Curtis Gabriel. Um, he apparently was in a little bit of a tussle with Auntie Silma. There's a huge weight difference there and a huge experience difference there. But And I don't think anybody was dropping the gloves. But, I mean, that's, uh, again, another guy that's ready to come in there and show the coaching staff, hey, I'm ready to rock. Let's do it. Now he's not a center, I don't believe. But, there's going to be a lot of competition for these open spots from these guys who feel that they can earn it. So, all good things, I think, in terms of that mix of having those guys on the top line, but then having that hunger, that that drive on those those younger folks to try to get up those, uh, get at those last couple of positions that are open and available. So, um, lots of good stuff, I think, happening on the forward side of it. Uh, the defense looks like it's looking um, good, if not better. Um, so we'll see how that all kind of shakes out. Uh, anything else you want to say about the fours before we jump to the goaltending? I know someone's asking about how do you rotate the goalies and everything else. So.
1: Uh, well, I was going to say about Hannemark. What I really like about his game is he was leading his league in faceoffs. And I think the Sharks had a problem with that last year. You put that guy on the fourth line center, he's going to win you a defensive faceoff. Um, not, he probably won't get much offensive zone time, but you win that defensive faceoff, or he's on your penalty kill. That's a big deal. Um, now for him, he's coming over from the European league where they had a bigger ice and he has to learn the smaller ice, but he's a big dude. He's bigger. He's not quick footed. That was kind of his knock, but, um, winning faceoffs, man, you could make a career out of winning face offs as long as you can skate at least a little bit. So yeah, fourth line center, penalty killer. This guy sounds pretty good and he's got size. So he's going to be able to push some people around. Um, and Bugner also said that his third and fourth lines, he wants to have some scoring touch on those. He doesn't want them to be dump and chase and just hit people. So again, having that faceoff guy is going to be key in, in defensive situations. It's going to keep some of your other top faceoff guys off the ice. So they don't have to do all the hard work down there, which keeps them fresh. So um, that's kind of why I like him as that fourth line center. Um, I think what was it Gambrell and Gregor were kind of mixing it around for the third line center. I think it was, um, and I like that. I like Gregor's the one that has a lot of speed, right? He's the the quickest, like one of the quickest guys on the team. Um, so that's gonna that's gonna put a lot of pressure on the other team if they are gonna have to do a little dump and chase. But um, anyway, I'm I'm it, a lot of those spots are open up, and again, there's gonna be competition. And again, the taxi squad I think is gonna be a good thing because it's not like you have to send those guys down to the minors and. If you're on the road, you have to wait for them to travel and get there. You're going to be able to just call them up right there, and they're all practicing together. So someone's not playing well the next night, you pop in somebody else, and they're going to be fresh. Um, I think that's going to help. There's Going to the – well, let's transition to the goalie thing. A lot of people are asking how you're going to play the goalies. I think it's going to be a 50-50 split. Um, the Sharks have the most back-to-backs in the league.
0: Before we get there real quick, actually, one last thing I was going to say about Hanmark, and then you can jump back in. Sure. Um, Bugner had said – that, yes, he's he's phenomenal on faceoffs, and actually against he goes against our our own guys, our top guys. Um, he was he was getting the better of them too. So uh, it sounds like he he's the real deal when it comes to taking faceoffs. And uh, if he's already you know showing up in camp and beating some of these uh, some of these you know normal NHL players, these guys who have been here Staples in the lineup for a while, if if he's beating those guys, uh, it bodes well because the Sharks have traditionally been a pretty good faceoff team. Maybe not so much last season, but. Uh, they, they've been a pretty good faceoff team, so they've got some guys that know how to do it. And, uh, you know, losing Jumbo, having lost Pavs previous to that, and then, you know, uh, losing Barclay Goodger, who's another guy who could take a face-off um, uh, and, and pretty well, I might add. Uh, having Hanmark in there, or Handmark, uh, might be just what they need in terms of that. You know, like you said, on the penalty kill, get possession of that puck so you can dump it down. You throw the puck out of the zone and then change him, whatever. It doesn't matter. Uh, if he can win a face-off, that's a very valuable tool. So uh, we'll go ahead and jump right back into goaltending. Go ahead with what you were talking about.
1: I was, was going to say he can also pass on that information to other players so they can all get better at face-offs. You know, it's not just a competition in practice to be better than everyone else. He can help out the younger guys too. Um, and going to the coaching staff, Rocky Thompson ran the AHL team for Chicago, right? Was it Chicago? So he's very good with younger guys, and and I think the younger guys are going to take to him because he's got a good – feel for them anyway. Um, so yeah, let's move to the goaltenders cause there's a million questions for people about
0: <laughs> Jones. It's and- the same question. It's what? the same question a million times and you know, Who's the starter. Go ahead. starter. <laughs> Neither. I'm going to say one, a one B
1: I think they're going to switch off and go to a hot hand. You lose a game. The next guy goes in. And like I said earlier, the sharks have the most back to backs in the league. They have 12 out of the 56 games. It's a lot. Um, so I that made me happy actually because I wouldn't want to see one of those guys take over fully. I don't think I think it's better that they both stay fresh rather than beat workhorses because both those goalies used to be workhorses in the league in the NHL. They probably what was it uh, Jones had the most games and Dumanic had the most minutes. In so man,
0: yeah, I mean, over, over since joining the Sharks, um, Martin Jones has played more games than any goalie in the NHL at 293, and then. Dubnyk, uh, I think, had the third most games of any goalie uh, since that same span at like four games less and only he was in between them. Um, so you've got two goaltenders on this team that have seen a lot of pucks. Yeah. So, um, you know, maybe that contributes to why they they maybe had uh, some some troubles. But, I mean, if you look back to just, just last season for Dubnyk, you have to remember this guy was dealing with some stuff at home um, that I think anybody would be distracted by. Uh, if you look before that one year, I mean, this is a pretty solid goaltender. So you ask about – I mean, the guys in the chat are asking, you know, who's, who's the starting goalie? Who's the number one? I'm kind of with you. I don't think there is really like a number one. I think there's just a who's who's playing well right now. That's going to be the guy that we would go to uh, for for a game situation, right? On a back-to-back, you're, you're going to split them. I don't think there's any back-to-back where you don't pl- go from one to the other. Um, I think they draw about the same number of games. I think maybe – just by sheer chance, you know, one's going to get a little bit more than the other just just because, not because he's considered the starter. Um, I think he's just going to go with whoever's uh, playing playing well. And, and if somebody's having a little bit of a, a, a trouble, you know, seeing the puck, stopping the puck, that kind of thing, give him a couple days off, let the other guy run two or three in a row, and then go back. Uh, I, I don't think is see, the thing is with, with Dubnik, you have to remember, again, he, he was a starting goaltender, right? And he lost his job last season. But, again, last season for me is kind of a mulligan. Um, but he's not a career backup, not like Aaron Dell. Aaron Dell's a career backup. So I think Devin Dubnik knows what it takes, knows what it's like being the starter, has has been able to take on game after game after game, obviously. You take a look at the, the game play total. Like I said, third most games played over the last few years, whatever, five years I think it was. So um, I think this is a better situation. I think we've got a better veteran um, alongside Martin Jones to help you know kind of push each other uh, in the right directions, and when things aren't going well for one, hopefully the other one's able to pick it up. But I, I have faith in Devin Dubnik. I know a lot of people are saying, oh, Dubnik's numbers were so bad. Again, for me, look look before the year where his wife had cancer. Come on, guys. You know, So if you look before that, I mean, he's a pretty solid goaltender. So,
1: Well, just to clarify, we don't know if it was cancer. It was just they don't. nobody says what it was. It was just his wife was having issues. So I don't want to speculate and say that it was cancer because we don't know.
0: I, I, I thought it had came out that that's what it was, but I guess no. not.
1: Um uh, I think I think I thought it was earlier, but I, they've never said so and I'm not gonna again I don't want to speculate and say anything. But anyway, um goaltending, I think of all the positions is the most mentally tough position coming from a former goaltender. Not in hockey though, I was in soccer. But it's it's um I think especially more in hockey, uh, it's such a mental game. Most goalies ha- have skill to play in the NHL. It's a mental thing to be concentrating for sixty full minutes or even more in overtime. So, um, when you're not mentally there, I think that's, that's, what's going to break you. So, um, and I mean, I don't want to blame everything off the off ice issues. I mean, he even, he's gone in, on the record and talked about how, um, you know, you start not playing well. And he said he got, he got beat up in the first five games I think they get losses in the first five games. And he said, he felt this first three games, even though their losses were like the best games he had played all season, but then you start gripping the stick tighter, kind of like a shooter, and you, you start overthinking things and trying to do too much, and then it, more goals start to leak in. And I feel like Jones kind of had the same issue last year, where the last two years where he's just trying harder and harder, and it's just snowballing out of control. So um, I think um, I think they're both going to bounce back. I really don't think Jones Jones knows he needs to play well, or he's done in this league. He's not going to be on another team. Um, Dubnik, I feel like, has at least a better resume than than Jones at this point. So, um, but then again, Jones has been to the finals. so uh, I don't know. I I a lot of people are dumping on on the pick or the trade to get Dubnik but I feel like the sharks got him for cheap. And when you think about it, like stocks, do you buy stocks when they're high, or do you buy them when they're low and then either try oh, to see. Them or red the wave, right? So they're buying Dubnik on the low, and I have no problem with that, yeah. none whatsoever. I think he's still a great goaltender. Hey, Bobrovsky had really great numbers, and they paid a uh, top dollar for that. They paid high, and he had the same save percentage as Jones last year, I think, or pretty close to it. So I don't know. I'm I'm in the mindset of uh, he has the track record. I don't. I think it was just a one off year. Um, I think he's in a better place now mentally. He probably needed a, a change of pace too, out of Minnesota. So. Um I mean I, they have like warm winters there, right? So I'm sure he's very excited to be in San Jose now. Yeah. <laughs> no, and, and and driveway. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, and no, and again for me, like I, I don't know. I don't I don't understand the hate on that one. I I love that that uh that pickup um that trade. Um, you know, you gave up what was it, a a fifth and a seventh or something, I think it was. I forget what it was, but I mean it wasn't much. You you barely gave up anything for the guy, and I mean it's, it's so small I can't even remember what it was.
1: I, Nicholas Lee, and good point. The Dubnik trade wasn't bad. The Wild even retained fifty percent of his salary. So I mean that's just that's a heck of a deal
0: right there. And you know what it was? We got up a fifth. We got him and a seventh because it was the Joe Will special, right? Joe right. Will likes to trade the fifth for two sevenths, and so we got a seventh and Dubnik.
1: I mean, for even the if fifth. he ends up being the backup, he's still I prefer him over Dell. No offense to Dell. I just don't think that – I think Dubnik would be a better goalie no matter
0: what. So, I don't know. I still like it. You know, the the other thing is, again, this is a guy who's a veteran in the league. Yes, he's older. Yes, it's a one-year contract. You're not signing this guy to anything long. So, if it does work out, great. And you've, you've got him in your organization and he knows everybody and you can re-sign him. If it doesn't work out, great. He's done. It's one season, one year. That's all it is. Yeah. So, this is a real low risk move, and especially when you're you're looking at the team as a whole, and people are looking at it going, "Oh, the sharks are terrible. they're not good. Then why would you go out and get a Bobrovsky Bo- Bo- or anybody else? Just get a guy to fill in the spot then, right? Yeah. Um, I think this is a great move because again, if if he bounces back, it's gonna look really good. And if he doesn't bounce back, this team wasn't supposed to do anything according to anybody else anyway. So what's the difference?
1: That's the so, I don't know. If they do anything well, it's gonna be a great season, right? They make the playoffs. So that's better than anything anyone projected. So it's it's almost a win-win season to kind of have less pressure on the team, less pressure on all the the younger guys coming in, just play the game. And I really think what the Sharks are going to do, what their plan is, their unofficial plan, they're not tanking. They're not going to tank. They want to see what they got, give these guys experience. It's a short season. So if you start piling up some wins, you you win two out of every three games, you're going to jump in the standings and you're going to be up there. I, I don't think um, – You know, there's going to be, I don't think there's going to be much separation. By the time you get towards the end of the season, I think everyone's going to be very close. So if you can get off to a hot start and rip off some wins, I think you're going to put yourself in a good position. And I think the Sharks can do that. Um, I think what they want to do is see what they got, see if they can make playoffs. If they can, great. Uh, Maybe add some players at the trade deadline. Who knows? At least they're open and they have space to do it. Um, And if not, then you can sell. We have all of our picks, I believe, for next season, just about all of them, if not all of them. Uh, Let me look real quick. 2021, we don't have our second round, but we have our first and everything else. So um, I I think it's a win-win. You make playoffs, it's great. Um, And going back to the schedule, someone complained about the schedule that NHL always screws them over. The Sharks asked for a road-heavy schedule in the beginning because they can't play at SAP. So the good thing about that is at the end of the season, they're going to have a lot of home games. A lot, which is great. They're going to have less travel. So a lot of teams are going to have to travel to San Jose, which is not close to a lot of these players or a lot of these teams. Um, So they're poised to have a better schedule, I feel like.
0: They're poised to have a better ending to the season, which is you want to go, you know, go if you're going to make playoffs, you want to go into playoffs on a high note. So, um, yeah, absolutely. You get more home games. Hopefully those home games are at SAP as opposed to, Arizona something stadium, right? right.
1: But even they're playing their home games in Arizona for the beginning, right? For their home games in the first, who knows how long, month of the season, two months of the season. That's less travel than going all the way to San Jose and back to wherever they need to go. So they're going to have less miles than they normally do this year, which is going to be better for the players.
0: Um, what was I, I saw a, a comment here. Hold on a second. Uh, guys, San Jose is going to win the cup Y'all acting like they don't have the tools to win it all Not only do they have more than What's necessary, they have health I love your enthusiasm I think it's misplaced, but uh, Yes, go Sharks, my friend uh, Right below that, Nicholas Egan Dubnik is a holdover to give Mel check Another year of development I I can 100% 100% see that No, no problems with that whatsoever
1: yeah, He definitely needs a full year in the North American League What's that? He needs a full year in the North American League, yeah. AHL, whatever. Like the the North American ice is a lot different, plays a lot differently than the other one. So absolutely, 100. I think he needs it. Plus, yeah, he'll, and, and play, right now, he'll learn some yeah. English. He'll give him a year to learn a little bit more English.
0: Yeah, there you go. Um, and, and right now, he's he's getting a little bit of that taste right uh, with the, the training camp, right? So yep. he's getting a little bit of the action with the NHL uh, caliber players. Um, He's getting a look at, you know, the the smaller eye service and everything. So, um, you know, hopefully this training camp teaches him uh, a few things that will help him out. I feel like he's going to be playing with the Barracuda. I don't think he's going to be sitting on the taxi squad. I think it makes more sense to give him some reps. Um, the same argument could be made for Ryan Merkley as well, but I feel like if if he's on the cusp, they'll just play him. But uh, with Melnichuk, yeah, I, mean, I think it would be great for him to be able to play a full season with the AHL Barracuda, right? Uh, give him an opportunity to get used to the ice. Like you said, get used to the language and everything else. So, um, you know, I think it's, it's, uh, it bodes well for not so much this season, but for for the next season. I know it's, it sounds like, you know, Dubnik might be just the, the one year and then he's done and Melanchuk just steps right in. But if Melanchuk's not quite ready yet, there's nothing saying, you know, another season of having Devin Dubnik, especially if he played well um, for that, uh, for this year. Um, There's nothing saying, you know, we can't sign him for another year or two or whatever else it is. So, um, you know, it depends on when Melnichuk's ready. I think everybody that wants to try to rush our goalies in there. I I think as soon as we drafted Shortridge, everyone was like, is he NHL ready? Is he NHL ready? It's like, no. It takes a while. That's why. What was that? They're
1: looking for the next Bennington. Yeah. Thanks a lot. (laughs) You You ruined everybody's team and fan base thinking they could play GM by firing the coach and bringing up the – was it the ECHL goalie and win a cup (laughs) anyway um, let's do roll call real quick where are you watching how'd you find us
0: and and we'll kind of thumb through some of these comments while you do that but what else are you going to have them say hmm which piece of fin factor gear are you most likely to purchase (laughs) How many of you have Finfactor gear? How about that? Oh, there you go. If do. you have it, and if you don't, why not? <laughs> it's clean cool, on don't have to. Um, <laughs> Let's see. Let's go ahead and take a look at some of these uh, these comments here. Sharks trade will not trade their first 100. percent I agree with that. Um, no, Sharks. Sharks have- trade. I,
1: I don't. I feel like the Sharks won't be trading any picks, even if they're going to make playoffs and going to make a run. I don't think. Um, I don't think they're going to do it. So. They're going to hold on to it, which is good. They need it. They need to, they know they need to stock up, especially, I mean, again, this is a season to make or break, not make or break, but see what you got and then adjust. And next year is going to be such a whole different ball game because new TV contract. So hopefully the league will get a way better deal than what they have now. Teams will get some more money. Salary cap will go up. Um, Seattle's going to be taking a player, somebody from the Sharks. So that's going to open up a spot, maybe maybe a, a big name player with a big contract. Um, so and then if the Sharks do play well, let's say the Sharks make playoffs, surprise people and <laughs> the league's going to take notice. Right. Other players. I'm talking about other free agents. They're going to see the Sharks make playoffs and go, wow, there's some really good players in here um, and. <laughs> uh, and that could make it a free agency destination next year when the Sharks have more salary cap if a big-name player leaves. You know what I mean? So it's a big it's a, a big year for the Sharks. It's going to set up next year, I think, more than winning a cup this year. But, of course, everyone's not picking the Sharks to win the cup, so they probably will. So I'm going to go place some money down because I'm sure their odds are horrendous and uh, win a lot of money. And then the Fin Factor Show will get a lot more upgrades than what we have
0: now. <laughs> It'll be like, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Nice. Uh, Jacob Lyon says, it's really down to Merkley or Paschenuk on who makes the final defense spot. Um, I hope Paschenuk makes that final uh, defense spot. I, I, mean, I don't know that he will. I don't, I don't even think that he will, but I, I think it'd be great. Um, it, again, I was so impressed with him for that, that one flash that I saw of him. And then, you know, you watch the highlight films, and, of course, they, they show you the best of that player. But um, he shows some real brilliance with the puck, um, a lot of hard work. The guy works really, really hard, and he has to because he's a smaller guy, um, not much taller than me, and I'm only 5'7". So, um, yeah, he's a little guy, but uh, he, he plays with a whole lot of heart. I would love to see him make it in this league, and it would be a great acquisition uh, for the Sharks in that respect. So let's see. Wouldn't be surprised if Merkley plays more in the AHL, so he can get more time. That was the uh, the kind of the argument there. Does it make more sense to play him in the AHL, where he's going to get tons and tons of minutes, and he'll be running the power play there anyway, um, and first power play? I
1: I think. Well, I think because AHL is not starting until February fifth or so, right around there, he's going to be on the taxi squad. I'm pretty sure that that's going to be a for sure bet, if not in the lineup, at least to start the season. Then once the AHL starts up, they're probably gonna send him down unless he is like how Mark Edward Vlasic was when he started in the league and they can't take him out of the lineup because he's playing so well. I don't know if that's gonna happen. I I don't I feel like there's most likely he's gonna be playing in the AHL at some point, mostly, but I do think he will make um at least the taxi squad. That's my guess.
0: One hundred percent rules work. Yeah. Yeah, no, 100%. He'll be on the taxi squad Squad two star. It's just, uh, I'm more saying, should he be a mainstay on the roster or should he, once the AHL uh, kicks off their season? We'll find he... out. I
1: mean, we'll find out. If he truly is this blue chip prospect who's one of the best defensive prospects in the entire league, then he would be able to stick.
0: Uh, reading the comments here Bob Jackson with a uh, creative I'm from my mom and I found you on the interwebs. Thank you, Bob. Uh, (laughs) Zinxie, bold prediction here.
2: Coach, Uh 20
1: and 25 goals. Team of 25 plus. You know, it's a 56 game season, right? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, In an 82 game season, maybe. Um, Donato, 10 goals. I think Donato's going to get closer to 15 goals. In a short season? He's going to get seven goals and 20 misses. Patty, (laughs) maybe. Yeah, I can see 10 goals. Gambrel, I'd say 10 goals. <laughs> then he followed up, just trying to make a conversation, leave our goalies alone. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yep. Nice. Yeah, zinxie uh, we used to play with zinxie on uh, NHL 20, and then he, uh, he, he jumped ship. Uh, speaking of AHL Abandoned. 20,
1: we both now have NHL 21 should have AHL 21. We're not right, that AHL. good. <laughs> NHL 21. So uh, we started the league again. If anyone's looking for a team on PlayStation 4 or 5, I guess, because it's the same game, um, you can join us, and we will be playing. Um, we also are doing the fantasy hockey leagues. There are two leagues, and I had one person, I think it was Patrick actually, had dropped. So there is currently one spot open if anybody would want to join. Uh, you can just email thefinfactor at gmail.com, and I will send you the link. Um, another thing I was going to do and producer Jason's going to help me out here. Paul and I have been friends since kindergarten. We've known each other since kindergarten. So every week I'm going to do something. He has no idea what I'm talking about right now either. This is a big surprise to him. It's not, it's not a huge surprise. Don't get too excited, but, um, I am going to go through the vault of pictures and find pictures of Paul and I as kids so here's the first picture here. Paul, I don't even know if you've seen this picture.
0: Why?
1: So that's <laughs> Paul's on the second to the right there in that white sweatshirt with a yellow I don't, or you're holding a Frisbee looks like. And then uh, that's me down below with hair and a shark's hat on. Go figure. Probably some field trip or something at the beach because that's a bunch of uh, uh, our classmates. Um, what year do you think that is?
0: I can basically? name everyone in that photo. Huh? I can name everyone in that photo.
1: Yeah, I can name everyone that photo. I still talk with most of those people in the photo. Um,
0: I think that's about sixth grade. Here comes macaroni art from kindergarten, Bob Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I thought it'd be
1: fun to show this picture every week. I'll find a new picture every week and I'll, I'll post this up here because it's fun.
0: So this Why is going to replace the me doing some sort of stupid intro? Basically, yeah. Tune in, everybody. Look at the uh, young versions of myself and Aaron. <laughs> Things He had hair. That's what you're going to tune in for. Who no cares about you me, you're gonna me? You're going to see him with hair. That's the yeah. big thing.
1: That's the main reason. I just wanted to show off my hair. I, I did once, in fact, have hair. I love showing pictures of me to my kids, and they're like, who is that? And I'm like, oh, I used to have hair. And like, where'd it go? I'm like, I don't know. It just fell onto my face, and it's gone. It had to be early know. 90s. Yeah, it had yeah.
0: to be early 90s because you had the Sharks hat.
1: Yeah, I think that was—I think that was sixth grade,
0: either fifth or sixth grade. looked like, based on what we look like. You guys have come a long way. Uh, do you mean just like as people from the pictures that you saw, or do you mean like the show? Because <laughs> both. <laughs> yeah, actually, we have. Get
2: on with it. Yes, get on with it.
0: Yes, yes get, get on, on, with, on it.
2: with it. Get on with
0: it. <laughs> Thank you. Super producer Jason having fun. Love it. We're going to have to hey, put that Toronto jersey on there. The same, yeah, we have to put the Toronto jersey on there now. Uh, it's the same clips, though, dude. I thought we had some more you can cut in there. What's going on? Same old, same old. Yep. Give him something. Get on with it! <laughs>
2: you,
0: you didn't like that. <laughs> it's okay.
2: <laughs> oh,
0: people. All right, cool. Uh, anything else, Aaron, or are we, uh, we good to go here?
1: Uh, I think we're good to go. I just want to take some more questions.
0: Well, let's, yeah, let's let's take a look at some of the questions. I see Matt Lowe here. Curtis Gabriel has to be at least on the taxi squad, especially if we're playing VGK, LAK. Yeah, so Vegas, uh, Los Angeles, St. Louis, eight times each this season. Yeah, 100%. I mean, especially, you know, being that you're going to play that division and, and pretty much exclusively that division, right? So um, there's a whole lot of bad blood there, and a guy like him. Uh, coming in there and kind of keeping some guys honest uh, wouldn't be such a bad thing. Uh, he's got I, – I, I didn't give it to Super Jason, but there was a picture of him on Twitter uh, with uh, some skates. And on one skate, it's got um, – it, it was like pride uh, colors and everything else. And on the other side, it was uh, Black Lives Matter. And he's, he's very much into uh, the uh, social justice aspect. Um, and I, I wonder how much he's going to kind of team up with uh, – um, Evander Kane on, on some of these events and whatnot. It seems like uh it, it could be a, a pretty good match for the you know this the, the two of them to kind of bond over. So Maybe um, they can
1: uh, maybe they can fight the Logan brothers.
0: Yes. <laughs> the Paul brothers, Logan Paul and what's his name? Oh sorry, Paul, Paul Brothers.
1: It's funny, like I saw the little clip of him talking smack and he's like, Center of the sharks, what is that, a fish? Like, come on, are you really that dense man? I had to yeah. look up who this guy was. I'm like, who is this guy? I didn't even know who he was. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway.
0: Yeah. Okay. I uh, just need I'm the big foot. For, uh, I guess. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, where do you think Dubois will end up? I think the Sharks try to obtain him. Oh, Pierre uh, Dubois? Pierre, is that uh, the guy from Columbus? Dubois? Yeah. I don't think he's on Columbus anymore. But, uh, yeah, I have no idea. I mean, all I know is he's a very talented player, and he probably wants to go to a team that's equally as talented. So, uh, and, you know, it's one of the things that, you know, probably not. And again, I saw it in the chat earlier. Um, Doug Wilson's not going after anybody else right now. He's not going to be signing any free agents. He's not. I mean, he might make a trade or something like that, but I don't think he's going to acquire anyone else right now.
1: Yeah. So I don't see the Sharks making any more moves or adding anybody. Oh, Egan's, um, and Going back to the Hoffman thing, that's kind of a, a screwy thing because St. Louis, a lot of people are mad at St. Louis the way they're doing. They basically have a handshake deal. With signing Hoffman, but they can't sign him because they can't. They have to wait till the start of the season for to put people on long term IR. So Terrace Tarasenko and somebody else is going on long term IR to free up the cap space so they could sign Hoffman. So they kind of already have a deal in place, even though they don't have a deal in place. So they gave him a, uh, what's it called? A, um, yeah. workout clock, a workout contract, tryout, tryout thing. Yeah. Yeah. But it's BS. He's going to sign there and it's kind of like, geez, man, they're just stacking their team right now. But good for them. They're going for another cup.
0: Uh, apparently, uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois just signed with uh, Columbus for two years anyway. So, oh. oh, he wants to be traded. Okay, good to know. I, I, honestly, that's <laughs> I, I, the only way I can see it happening is if, if uh, we're trading for an, another asset, we're not going to be acquiring an asset for, through free agency. There's just I don't see Doug Wilson doing that at this point. So. Oh,
1: Alex Steen was the other one. PTO, professional tryout. That's what the PTO is. Uh, Alex Steen
0: is the other one going on a long-term IR. Okay. Uh, how do you think the Tahoe games will go? The visuals be oh, pretty cool. I, I know. It, everyone's that. upset about the Sharks not getting to the Tahoe uh, outdoor game, and I, I get that. It certainly makes sense. We're close enough to it, but – Um, Like you had said, I think on Twitter, uh, that doesn't make sense because they haven't earned it. We're not a very good team. No one wants to watch us. Yeah, fair enough. Same with why the
1: Sharks aren't on any national broadcast games this season. Do you think they earned the right to do that? No. It's the same people that complain that the national broadcasters suck. So why are you complaining that you get Randy for all 56 games instead of getting some nationally broadcast person that you're just going to complain about anyway? So you should be (laughs) happy. Whatever. Nobody's going to stay up and watch it anyway. Cause they're on the East coast. So there
0: you go. The more, you know, Ah, geez. <laughs> I always get it backwards anyway. Okay, cool. Anything else you see in those comments there that you, uh, you wanted to bring up or well, this literally- is your last chance people who are watching. If uh, you've got a comment that you want us to kind think, of, uh, cover talk about or whatever. Fire
1: away. I think the Tahoe game is going to be pretty cool. And I think I like the idea that they're going to do. So they're trying to find a bunch of scenic locations and not have fans. Um, Maybe even I don't know if it's just the season or going forward, they're probably just doing like a test run. Um, imagine the shots that you're going to get, these visual shots that you're going to get of the games being played, especially in Lake Tahoe. I mean, one thing, I, Tahoe is at an altitude, man. Was that five, six thousand feet at the floor? Maybe five thousand feet, um, not quite a mile, just a little short of, of a mile. So that's gonna that's gonna suck for the players, but it's gonna look nice. So I'm sure there's gonna be some more um some more locations like that. Just really cool scenic stuff with with um no fans, like just minimal stuff. So you could just open you don't have to open a stadium basically. It it opens up your outdoor options to outside of stadiums. Because I think the stadium thing is getting a little stale, to be honest. Other than the New Year's Day game, when they have to do the other stadium series games, eh, it's just kind of gimmicky. The ice is usually crappy. It's just not fun to watch. It's so far away. So at least this, they can set the cameras up right where they want them to be and, and do some cool stuff with it. So I'm kind of excited to see how it's going to play out. Even though the sharks aren't going to be in it, whatever.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I know. It's always fun to watch those outdoor type games. Um, so what do you think about the reverse retro? Are you getting one? (sighs) I like
1: it. I think I, I really liked it. Um, I might get one. Are you going to get
0: one? I'm, yes, I'm going to get one. I just don't know if I'm going to, because I've i been putting my own name and number on the back of the jerseys uh, just because I know I'll always be a fan. Uh, I don't yeah. have to worry about being traded because I can't be. Um, but, there you, you know, one, it,
1: it, by the way, it, what's that? Fun fact about Tahoe it's at 6,200 feet. Uh, okay. Altitude for the players
0: when they play the game. Awesome. You can't breathe. Yes, you can. Gone snowboarding there. I can breathe. Mm-hmm. All right, man. I did it the right way this time.
2: Yay!
0: All right. All right. Cool. Trust me, I'm a pilot. Patrick or says six thousand plus feet. Nice. All right. Cool. Well, I think we've uh, we've probably run our course. So before super producer Jason gives us another get on with it, I think uh, Aaron, are there any last uh, thoughts? Now you get. Oh, I'm
1: excited to uh, have real news every day now instead of. You know, stretching news out for two weeks at a time because there's nothing else to talk about. So it's exciting to be back and exciting to be back with the community and see everybody and a lot of familiar faces and a bunch of new ones actually. So um, so good to be back. And huh, Johnny,
0: Johnny, I forget it. Jesus. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so you said uh, yeah. There's some actual news. I'm going to go ahead and plug uh, a couple guys that uh, that we like on this show. Kevin Kurz, if you're not following him on Twitter, if you're not subscribed to The Athletic, please uh, give that a shot. Uh, give that a look. Uh, it doesn't cost too much and the content there is phenomenal. And then Dom... I can't pronounce his last name, but he is phenomenal with statistics and whatnot. He's probably Athletic as well. Uh, and then, of course, Sheng Peng, front of the show. Uh, his, his work has been awesome. He's been writing as much as he can, as often as he can. Obviously, the pandemic kind of slowed things down for him, but... Uh, he does really great work. A lot of uh, statistics, analytics, um, that kind of thing from Shengpeng. So uh, go give them a follow on uh, Twitter, whether they're on it with Instagram, Facebook, whatever it is that they're on. I can't remember which other ones they're on there though. Uh, I know Sheng's on Facebook, but uh, yeah, give them a look on Twitter. They uh, definitely deserve um, the the what do we call it? The subscribership, I guess.
1: Also What's follow that? us. Here's all of our handles for everything.
0: I, I, we, well, they are already following us. They're here. So I'm assuming. You don't know that. Don't know that. I don't know that. Yeah. And to uh, everybody who uh, the, for the first six people in the chat, whatever it was, uh, you guys uh, heard me. And the first thing I said was, please go ahead and reach out to uh, your friends and uh, share us and, and everything else. Retweet us. So uh, we get some more people coming in here to make the conversation great. Thank you for that. I know we've got a good handful of folks in here now. And we've uh, been having a nice little conversation. It's always great to have all the comments flowing on the side. gives us an opportunity to talk about the things that you guys are interested in. Um, So, again, thank you guys for doing that. Okay, Aaron, we are done here. So, for Super Producer Jason, I'm Paul. And I'm Aaron. And this has been awesome. And I cannot wait to do it again. Hopefully, we're back to our one-week cadence. Uh, We will see. But we will see you next week. Probably next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in. If you like this episode, check out our other content, especially interviews. You can interact with us directly through social media at the Fin Factor and on Instagram at finfactor. And don't forget to join our live streams on YouTube. Visit our website at thefinfactor.com, where you'll find all of our episodes
1: as videos or podcasts. You also find our exclusive merchandise to help support our show.